Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Um, my wife and I have been coming to this church, my wife Leslie, for, for over eight years. Um, we moved here from, from Ireland and this is family for us. This is our home and you know, I, can't, I can't speak highly enough of everyone that's involved in Global Heart Church. So my name is Mark, I do, I work at um, Tenacious House, which is a drug and alcohol um, recovery center for men really who, who want to get their life back on track again and I have the privilege of speaking with you this afternoon. And the title of my message is Your Picture of Hope. Your Picture of Hope. Maybe you're here this afternoon and hope just isn't there for you. Maybe there's a situation in your life that's, you know, weighing you down. Maybe you've never given that to Jesus. Can I encourage you? There's a steadfast hope for you. And my prayer is this afternoon that you would meet him and know him in a real way. And, you know, and it can happen. Maybe maybe you started to lose hope in God. Maybe you once walked with him. Maybe he was close to you. But... You know, maybe things haven't worked out for you the way you thought they would. Um, can I encourage you this afternoon? God's here. God sees you and he'll call you home. Just open your heart up to him. So I'm going to share some scriptures with you and I'm going to share a couple of um, stories from my own from my own life. And at the end, um, I'll give uh, an invitation really to come and to invite Jesus into your life and to make him really the king of your life. And there's no greater there's no greater thing that you can do than to invite him in. And then after that, we'll have a time of worship and, and the, the, um, the team will play some, play some beautiful worship and the altar will be open here. And I would encourage you, please come down and just be in the presence of God. If you need prayer, the team will be here to pray for you. But God is here. God sees you. He knows your situation and he loves you. The world, the world can seem hopeless. You don't, you don't need me to tell you that. You only have to switch on the television. You only have to have been living in the past 18 months to know that there's challenges out there. You know, there's um, between COVID and the lockdowns and businesses failing, communities, the struggles that's in communities, the struggles that's in between communities. You don't need me to tell you those things. And it doesn't seem to matter how advanced mankind becomes through connectiveness with social media, through technology. As Pastor Jared said this morning, men go into you know, the edges of space um, doesn't seem to matter. People still are losing hope. People still are not fulfilled by what the world has to offer them. And many, and they're becoming younger and younger, are choosing to end their lives because they do not have hope, because they cannot see a hope for their lives, for their future. You know, I was reading last night that nine Australians die every day by suicide. It breaks your heart. That's more than double the road toll. That's more than double the deaths that happen on the roads every day. Suicide is actually the leading cause of death for Australians between the ages of 15 and 44. Hope seems to be a rare commodity. If you look at the world with your natural eyes, there doesn't seem to be a lot of it going around. It's challenge after challenge. But when the Bible speaks of hope, it speaks of a different hope. It speaks of a hope that looks beyond your circumstances. God is there. So what is hope? Well, I can tell you first of all what hope is not. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not a wish and a prayer. It's not that maybe someday that will happen. And if you're a believer here today, 
hope is something that is really important to your Christian journey. It's really important that you have hope to see God's plans come to pass in your life. In 1 Corinthians 13, and verses 12 to 13, it says, For now we can only see a dim and blurry picture of things as when we stare into polished metal. I realize that everything I know is only part of the big picture. But one day, when Jesus arrives, we will see clearly, face to face. In that day, I will fully know, just as I have been wholly known by God. But now faith, hope, and love remain. These three virtues must characterize our lives. The greatest of these is love. Hope is something that is very important to the Christian life. And Paul here is saying that it's right up there with love and with faith. No one has a full understanding of how life is going to play out. I don't know all the things that will come to pass in my life. But whatever I face, whatever you face as a Christian, we are encouraged. Hope must remain. We have to have something to hope for, even if we don't understand everything that's happening to us. In Romans 8 and verse 24, it says, For this is the hope, um, for in this hope we were saved. Now hope is now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he for what he can see? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Hope is believing for what we cannot see. It's the ability to see something that is not yet present in our lives. But hope is something also that we picture in our minds. We have to envisage it coming to pass in our lives and patiently wait for God to bring it about. But if we can't conceive that hope in our imaginations, if we can't conceive that picture in our minds, it's not going to come into reality. Hope is an anticipation of something good coming from God. It's having a positive imagination that God will bring about what he's promised he will. Hope must line up, though, with the promises that God has for your life. It must line up with his plan for your life. It must line up with the scriptures. Hope is us imagining those promises coming to pass and us meditating on them and thinking of them constantly. Who's been watching the Olympics? The Olympics have started this weekend and you see all those magnificent athletes who have trained for years and years. Um, their body's in perfect condition for the event and they've been doing all the right things. They've been eating, they've been training, their diet's perfect. But one thing that all those athletes do, or the great majority of them do, is a thing called um, mental imagery. It's called visualization. They spend hours and hours every day seeing themselves winning that race. They see themselves kicking the winning goal. They see themselves picking up the gold medal. So hope is not wishing. Hope is not wishing. What that does is it prepares them. It prepares them for when that event comes. It gives them a peace. It gives them a calmness that they've played it through in their minds. And it prepares them to go and do the best that they can do. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Many times we can have a desire or a wish for something to happen in our lives. We want to be healed. We want to have provision. And we can have faith that God will do it. You know, um, we can have faith that um, he, can, he can make people well. He can, he can bring things into reality. But what's the, what's the self-talk in our head for us? What's our mindset when it comes to us? We can believe that God will do it for the good people of the front row, but he won't do it for me. I've always been sick. My family's always been poor. My life's always been this way and it will continue to be so. If our hope isn't a positive image, our faith has nothing to hold on to. Our faith has nothing to add to. If what we're imagining, imagining in our heads is contrary to the word of God, it's going to come to nothing. 
So what's the picture in your head for the things that you're hoping for? Are you imagining a positive outcome for God's promises to come to fruition in your life? You know, today you can have a picture of hope for freedom from your past mistakes. Where I work at in Tenacious House, I've seen so many men come in absolutely broken, absolutely weighed down by the things that have happened to them, the places that their addiction has taken them to them, taken them to, and every one of them, every one of them want a better life. They want to be free from addiction. They want, they want to be um, a better man for their, for their children and for their families. But they've told themselves in their minds that they can't be. They want to be free, but their mind cannot see themselves ever being free. Some of them feel that they've gone too far. They've lost hope. Can I reassure you this morning in Acts 2, or this afternoon, sorry, in Acts 2 and verse 39, for the promise is to you. What promise is that? The promise of salvation, the promise of God's love that is to you and to your children and to all those who are afar off, as many as our Lord God will call. They talk about the whosoevers. Whosoever believes in, in God, he will save. Are you a whosoever this afternoon? You can't go so far that God won't help you. There's no limits to his grace. Our values at Tenacious House are connection, hope, and resilience. We want a program that encourages the men to engage with a positive community. We give them the tools and the techniques to go out and face life on life's terms. But we also restore in them or try to restore in them and give them a vision of hope of how their lives could be. How we do this, we bring in guys who've come through the program, who've got success in their lives, and they'll meet some of the new clients in the program, and they'll share with them how they overcame the challenges that they faced. And what that does is the guys can sit down and go and imagine in their heads, well, if that guy can do it, well, maybe I can do it. Maybe I can get free. And that builds a circle of encouragement and a circle of hope. We've had many success stories that have come through Tenacious House. But if you speak to any of them, speak to any of them, and they'll tell you that they had to have hope. They had to have hope that one day they could see themselves living drug-free, alcohol-free. They had to have hope that they could one day see themselves serving God, being loved by God, being of service to the community, being a better parent, being a better husband. They had to have that hope. And that hope gave them the inner peace to work th through the necessary steps to get there. You know, this afternoon you can have a picture of hope for healing. God wants you well. God wants you to prosper. God wants to meet your needs. God wants you to know that you are his son and that you are his daughter. But in our mind, if we don't imagine or if we can't visualize that, if we don't imagine that we're prosperous, if we don't imagine that we're loved, that we're sons and daughters of the king, we're actually working against what God has already provided for us through Jesus. In Romans 4 and verse 18 to 22, it says, In hope he believed against hope, who was at Abraham, that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not waken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. Abraham received his hope from the words that God had spoken to him and to Sarah. He took those words and he held them close in his heart that they would come to pass. 
What's God promised you? Has it been a while in coming? Do you have that mental image of that promise coming to pass? Does it seem impossible given your circumstances? I'll just share a story with you from, from Leslie and I's journey with God. We've got two amazing boys, Jonathan and Henry. And it's hard for me to talk about, so please forgive me. Um, but they're a real blessing. They're a real blessing. But we struggled. We struggled for many years to become pregnant. It was such a challenge. But we had had confirmations from God that we would be parents. We had dreams. We had words spoken over us. We had prayers. So Leslie needed to go and have some surgery. But when she came around from that surgery, things hadn't gone the way they had planned. It was a lot more complicated than what we had first thought. And the surgeons had actually removed her fallopian tubes. This did not, this did not line up with what God had promised us. How were we going to get pregnant? But even there in the recovery room, after the surgeon had been and delivered his news, Leslie was in the Bible and this scripture jumped off the page at her. In Ephesians 3, verses 20 to 21. God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine, or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working with us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church, glory to God in the Messiah, and Jesus, glory down all generations, glory through all millennia. Oh yes. And then later again that same day, as if that wasn't enough, where Leslie was in the, in the recovery room and there was a television in the background. And who's heard of the, the game show, The Chaser? Well, The Chaser was on in the background and, and Leslie wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention, but a couple of questions came up that were related to the Bible. And how many questions do you see on the, on the game show, The Chaser, that are related to Scripture? But the answer, the answer to the first question was this Scripture, Genesis 18 and verse 10. It says, the Lord said, I will surely return to you, but this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. <laughs> and the second one was this. And you, be fruitful and multiply, increasing greatly in the earth and multiply in it. Can I tell you, we held on to those scriptures. We held on to the promises that God had given us kept those pictures in our heads that we would be parents one day and sure enough a year later Jonathan was born but our promise our promise wasn't for one child um, the, the, the things that had been promised to us the things that had been prayed over us was, were for more than one child and um, two years later now we we have Henry can I encourage you get a mental picture of your healing get a mental picture of whatever it is that God has promised to you and don't let go of it don't let go of it this afternoon, you can have a picture of hope for provision. God wants to prosper you. I don't mean he wants to make you rich. I mean he wants to prosper you, to meet your needs, to do what he's called you to do. Our story from moving um, from Ireland to Australia eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now, it happened very quickly. The whole thing happened in six weeks from we were called to go until we were here. But the main concern that I had, and I grew up on a farm, so I'd known nothing but work all my life, was that I wouldn't have a job to come to. And it really stressed me out. Um, but my pastor at the time, he prayed with me and he said, Mark, if God's called you to go, he's already provided all that for you. He's already made that for you. And he gave me this scripture. He said in Ephesians 4 verse 19, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I held on to that. 
I was like, this is going to be okay. Um, those couple of weeks just leading up until we, we left. And the day we left, I got out of the car in Dublin airport and my phone beeped and I'd received an email. It was a company in Perth. They got back to me and they said, hey, there's a job waiting for you, Mark, when you get here. And I'd never met these people. I'd never spoken to them. All I did was send out a couple of random emails to a couple of random companies saying, hey, I'm coming to Perth and I don't have a job. And I can, I can assure you it was there. If you're in the will of God, doing what he's called you to do, he has already made provision for everything that you need, that he has called you to do. I haven't been out of work in eight years. Haven't been out of work a day. Must be due some long service leave, I think. Um, this afternoon, you can have a picture of reconnection. One of the most painful times can be when we have lost a loved one. Grief can cause us to lose hope. But as a Christian, painful as that loss may be, and I in no way want to undermine or diminish anyone's um, grief or loss that they have experienced, but as a Christian, we have the hope of being with them again in eternity. I can look forward to the day where I'll be able to sit back down again with my own father. He gave his life to the Lord and now he's going to be with Jesus and he's in heaven. And I know one day I'll sit down with him. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 to 14, it says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. We have the hope that whatever pain, whatever hurt, whatever illness, whatever grief we have faced in this life, it won't be there in heaven. Heaven's going to be so much different than here. In Revelation 21, verses 3 to 4, it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. We have the hope of the glory that will be there for us when we sit with our Heavenly Father in heaven. We also have um, this afternoon a picture of hope for salvation. If you feel that hope is far away from you, if you feel that um, you don't know where to start, can I encourage you? It starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus Christ. In Hebrews 6, verses 19 to 20, it says this, and we have a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. What does that mean? It means that Jesus has gone in before us to make a way for us to be with God. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There is hope in Jesus. There's hope that you can have forgiveness he has already purchased it. You can have healing. He has already won that. Your provision has already been established through him. Your eternity has already been secured through his death and resurrection. Because of Jesus, 
you can have access to all that God has for you in this life and in the next. All you have to do is accept what he has done for you. It is a free gift. It is the simplest thing to do, but there's an enemy working against you to stop you from getting there. If everyone would like to maybe stand to their feet and we'll just allow the presence of God just to sit on us for a moment. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member. And let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.